and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we are talking about Shahmaran episode two, and um, <laughs> I'm only joined by Sophia today, as you might drop it later, but uh, she is so annoyed at having to watch this show that she has ditched this podcasting session, which I feel because making it through this episode, actually paying attention was really hard for me. <laughs> But luckily, we have very different opinions on the show. So Sophia is into it and she can bring the enthusiasm for this show for us. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited to I'm excited to record. Um, I don't hate this show as much as everyone else. <laughs> is a nice change. <laughs> it's a complete role reversal for the last one. It is a complete role reversal. <laughs> Are you drinking any tea? No. I am also not drinking any tea. We're recording in the morning, so that's weird, but uh, we will make it through. <laughs> we both have our our um, just woke up voice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely an octave lower than I usually am. <laughs> Okay, so now I'm going to take us through what happened in this episode. I hope that Sophia will interrupt me if I miss something, because as I said, I was really trying to pay attention, but I was also kind of zoning out because I was a little bit bored. So... <laughs> <laughs> start off, I am so glad that you did the Shahmaran history section last week because otherwise I would have been so confused by this well scene, castle jumping into the well scene. Mm, right? Wait, I had not connected that. but that Oh yeah, because that's where he found her, right? Yeah. Down the well. Yeah, so luckily we had that. So we're at this... Um, fort which is called Yilan Kale which we'll talk about in the history section um but it's super cool looking and there's a tour group there and um there's just like a normal tour group but then this dude in a bucket hat starts hearing snake noises and he literally just like jumps into the well which one assumes is very deep and then he died down there and then uh, mom in a sun hat does it while her daughter is like screaming at her. And then a bunch of other people whilst the security guards come and like try and wrestle them away. And they're all like hearing the snake noise and being so attracted to it that they jump into the well. And the snake face hoodie dude watches on. I don't know if you have a better name for him, but that's what I'm calling him right now. Oh my God. Didn't I call him that in the chat? I feel like that's what I was calling him. Yeah, well. that's exactly what you were calling him. <laughs> Definitely um, that's what I call him in my head. Yeah. So Snake Face Hoodie Dude is his name is actually Arun, but we're gonna call him Snake Face Hoodie Dude. Wait, how did you find out his name? Because <laughs> he talks to the lady on the slab of Marvel. That's like <laughs> This was at the beginning of the episode. After the people jump into the well, he goes to visit this naked lady on a slab of marble. And she's probably the snake queen, although we don't, she's probably Shahmaran. We don't know for sure. And somebody says that Shah Su has arrived. 
Uh, the woman on the on the slab. Yeah. She doesn't look like a snake, but she had snakes like all over her. I thought that was Shasu. Oh, you thought it was Shasu? Oh. Yeah, because she has similar hair. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I didn't think that, but it could be. It could be like a previous version of her. Could be. Okay, so then we're back with Shasu, and she is recording her symptoms without meds. Um, I feel like they're really conflating what like an academic psychology major does with like what an actual practicing psychologist does but okay um she seems to be fine so far then but i feel like that's more like researchy like in terms is... of she's an academic so that's like something a researcher would do i guess yeah it is it is it is it just seems like a bad idea <laughs> all around well, it just seems like she's not going to be impartial at some point. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, somebody comes to visit. This is such a weird scene. Um, she is deaf and she sells milk and she makes Shasu drink the milk and then um, and Shasu has like something against milk. I don't know if she's lactose intolerant or what, but we've heard this about her before. But she drinks it anyway. There's a mysterious breeze, and then there's, like, vibes between her and Maran, and it's very odd. And then Milk Lady goes away. Then we see Davut, and Shasu is still wearing the same freaking outfit from the first episode. And yeah, did she only bring one pair of clothes? Literally, she's going to be there for months. She's going to wear the same outfit every single day. I don't understand. And it's really hot, so it must be disgusting. At right. Point. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Very confused. Um, and she asked Davut if he heard anything about the fire at the Hidrela's, uh festival, which obviously she was in, but seems to have completely disappeared and nobody's talking about it. Davut doesn't talk, but does give her a key. So like she was feeling insecure about staying there. But then she since he gave her a key, she's like, OK, I guess I can stay, even though he's not talking to me. Um, Shasu goes to talk to Maran and turns out she, she says she's a professor of psychology at Boazichi, which yes. was very confusing to me, but okay. <laughs> I guess she is. That's That's legit. Good for her. That's very impressive. Um, Boazichi is where we went in Turkey and it's a great school. Um, hmm. It's beautiful, too. It's, yeah, also very beautiful. If you have free time in Istanbul, you should visit. For sure. Um, Maran clearly, okay, so she shows Maran, like, the sign language that the woman had used with her. And it's like, what does that mean? And Maran clearly knows, but he doesn't say anything. Classic. <laughs> um, the Adams family is spying on them. And Maran's dad talks about the bonfire and the well, both as, like, I guess, signs that something is going wrong. Maran is very angsty, classic, says to leave Shasu alone. Girls are arguing about it, that everybody's in danger, more vague warnings. Then um, Shasu gets set up in her new office, and she's sharing with a very handsome man named Jahan. And he likes to sing by himself in his office. Uh, he flirts with her, 
And she kind of flirts back, which I thought was weird, like out of character from what we've seen for her so far. Um, and they take a tour together. Everyone's like freaking out about something on their phones. And it turns out it's the castle well scene that we saw in the beginning, which, yeah, I would freak out if I saw it on my phone also. Davos <laughs> um, is gardening. He plants, was it like a seed or just like a really tiny flower? I don't know. I think it's the the roses from Shahsu's mother's rose garden. That's what I think it is. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. I did not get that. Because remember that when she first arrives, she like gives him a letter and like some seeds. And I think yes. it's roses. Yes. From the rose okay. Interesting. Um, he also gives Maran some new dirt. <laughs> um, Shasu goes on a necklace hunt um, she's trying to find the lady that sold her the necklace I guess to get some answers and snake face hoodie dude is watching her chases her around Adana and um, then she like bumps into a child and there's a very weird interaction with the child's father who's like we don't want any help from you and everyone is staring at her even the taxis refuse to pick her up. So something very weird is going on that everyone in Adana knows about but her. Um, Mahran offers her a ride home, but she doesn't want it. I don't remember why she would be mad at him, but um, she is. And then his car breaks down immediately. Uh, she fixes his tire and we finally see a glimpse of like a person you might actually want to root for because she's like talking and doing things. And um, the Davut's helpers water the flower, but it's like literally grown a foot in a day. So that's very concerning and weird. Uh, helper lady is super rude to Shasu at dinner. And then Shasu storms out, but I kind of didn't understand why she stormed out. I don't know. It was a very uncomfortable dinner. And Shasu goes back to the lake and she rolls a joint, I think. I don't, I really can't, don't know if it was weed or tobacco, but. Um, yeah, I'm sure it was a joint. Yeah. And then Mahran strips in front of her and she literally just creeps on him from the shadows. She doesn't like say hello or anything. Strips naked, goes into the lake. He's down for an extremely long time. And uh, my notes say, was there any point to that long ass scene? So I don't think so. <laughs> um, then we see uh, Diba, who's like, I guess the youngest sister, I think. And she feels bad for Shasu, who's like alone and sad. And there's a lot of talking between her and Maran. And then Shasu runs out of the house screaming and flipping her hair. And it's very weird. And then Maran catches her. And then we realized that that did not happen. I was going to say. Yeah. So it was, I don't know whose vision, imagination, hallucination, memory that was. Um, but Maran goes to apologize. And it starts raining. And they just both fucking love rain. That's all I can say about that. They're just so happy that it's raining. And I guess there was a drought, but they I don't know that they told us that. So the fact that everybody's like super pumped about the rain is a little weird. And then there's a voiceover saying someone was killed centuries ago and one betrayal is all it takes. 
And then creepy snake hoodie guy is in Shasu's bedroom and has the necklace. And that is where the episode ends. So now we're going to move on into the gossip banter section where uh, Sophia explains what redeeming qualities she finds in this television program. I mean, it's not that I find redeeming qualities is that I'm it's that I'm very curious to understand what the hell is going on. Like, it's only the second episode, so I guess they're just setting everything up. I'm still really convinced that they're not going to be able to close it. Um, but I just w- really want to understand because at one point Maran is like, this is like a really shitty thing. Like it's taken my mom's lives, her mom's lives and like countless other women's lives, like only women, which I'm curious about. And the water thing is very confusing to me. Like, why is there so much water and like everything's water and like now the rain, I guess it just doesn't rain a lot in that part of Turkey, but still. And her and her grandpa, like he takes a bunch of pills, so I wonder if he has the same sort of visions and stuff or what. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot to mention that. Um, and then the workers in the house, like they must be bad or like evil, or they must have something underway. Um, and then this new dude that appeared, the the teacher. I feel like he's part of the Adams family, but I'm not quite sure. He's something, something weird because his outfit was weird (laughs) like everybody is dressed normally except for shasu and this dude who both look like they're from like an 80s hollywood movie slash dress really weirdly but then no and the the adams family is also dressed weird but then they dress weird uh, but in like a modern way i feel like and then there's this weird scene where he arrives at the house and the women are like, oh, you're about to like be pissed off or whatever. Uh, whoever is here and this man, whoever he is, he's like trying to say like, um, we need to cover this up. Like we need to protect Shasu because I feel like they are protect. They need to protect her against the snake dude. But what they don't realize is the snake dude is already like, oh, OK, interesting. Oh. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about like the Adams family could be against Snake Dude, but there, yeah, there must be somebody they're against. So I think they have to because Snake Dude is like going to hurt Shasu or like drive her insane, is what right. I think. Right. Trying to do with those like weird snake dreams. Um, that in theory, I mean, I think that scene with her running, feeling like she's covered in snakes hasn't happened yet. But it's gonna happen after this the rain in theory in my head because okay. like that was like foreshadowing I guess is what I understood. Mm. But I feel like if the show were to be more appealing, it would have to reveal a little bit more about you know what's going on now. So like we would be like, okay, you told me a little bit. Now I want to find out the rest. Right. Which is not what it's doing currently. It's very much like a vibes show, but like the vibes are so weird that like, why would you want to be in the vibes, you know? 
What do you mean by the vibes? Like you're just supposed to like sit there and like let it wash over you. I feel like of like the weirdness and the unsettling nature and like what's going on and like not worry too much about what's going on. Yeah. But it's like not a fun place to be is like a weird unsettling place where you don't understand what's going on. But it's not scary enough also yet. I it's feel not like scary, no. It needs to it needs to be more scary, more suspenseful. Like I want I need to be more curious about what's going on. Like, I don't know. I, I do agree with you that it's pretty slow and like we're kind of bored, but I do think that it's not the worst show we've seen yet. And I'm willing to give it a little bit of leeway just because I really wanna know how it's gonna work out or mm. like what the whole um like plot of it is because I don't think we know anything about any plot we just know that there's this woman Shahsu, this man Moran and a bunch of shit with snakes and like some sort of world order yeah which whatever like it's not enough information for me to be like excited about it <laughs> and like weird shit keeps happening to her which I mean, it would be interesting if it had, like, something connecting all the weird shit. But, like, some guy chasing her on the street and then this dude in the street, like, being rude to her. Mm. And then the, the deaf lady being, sorry, I don't know if I, the woman who doesn't hear being, like, rude to her or, like, weird to her. And then the people who work with her grandfather also being weird to her. That just doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no clue as to why they're behaving that way. And that just makes it, like not interesting to continue watching yeah I agree I think they're like they want it to be such a mystery that they've forgotten that they need to keep people in the mystery <laughs> exactly yeah um, but I, but I am to... curious like <laughs> about what's gonna happen and to be positive I do like that we are in Adana because I feel like we haven't spent much time in that part of Turkey and any of the shows that we've been in. So I do like that. Well, and we are getting into some of the like Mesopotamian mythology, which is not something we usually like get into. Like the protector mm -hmm. was more like Ottoman stuff. Uh, and I mean, even like Arme the, the castle they're in is like an Armenian fortress, which also leads to talking to interesting uh, talking about interesting things we haven't talked about on the pod mm -hmm. um and I don't know I visually I don't dislike it either yeah yeah there's so, things there, there's positive elements we just need more a little more I mean it's, it's not a bad enough show. like I've watched way worse shows before so I don't find it as bad I don't know anywho anywho <laughs> Did you understand why she didn't want to get in Maran's car? No, and I don't understand why any cabs were st not stopping for her. And then his tire, like, out of the blue, like, blows up or whatever. He, he, what's, he gets a flat tire. That scene was weird, too. Yeah, I thought that was, like, because the universe is pushing them together. Because, mm -hmm. like, that's why they both ended up at the lake and why she's living right next door and now his tire breaks I think like every coincidence is going to be bringing them to spend time with each other but you don't think it's because there's actually 
someone who's interfering like a human who's interfering I don't yeah. think so I think it's more like magic-y interference like the old dude for example I mean it could be like Maran's dad clearly wants this to happen so maybe exactly yeah maybe it has something to do with that um any ideas on what the tree flower garden growing thing is in reference to I don't remember any like plant stuff in the story in the mythology you did last time yeah there wasn't I, I think it's more like something regarding that family and what ties them together and like their mental illness which we've already talked about how problematic it is to yeah. like make a mental illness part of like a supernatural thing based on like the historical aspects of it I don't think the show is going to be very careful about it, but I mean, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> no, they're definitely not going to be careful about it because we clearly know that it's not a mental illness. It's some like historical, magical thing that's happening to them. So mm-hmm. the the helpers of Davut, I just really don't understand their the lady, I guess. I don't understand her and her opposition and what her thing is. But maybe she's in league with creepy snake face hoodie guy. I don't know. Possibly. She's weird. Yeah. Very weird. I don't know. There's so many mysteries. Indeed. Um, oh, I do have a theory. Uh-huh. So... Um, when Maran goes over to talk to Shasu and then it's raining at her house, I thought maybe because like he had chosen to spend time with her, the universe was like, okay, here's a gift. Here's the rain. So it was like a consequence of them, like spending time together. That was not confrontational. Okay. That's interesting. That could be. That's my theory. I mean, definitely the rain is a sign too. Right. It's a sign of something. Everything's a freaking sign on the show. The issue is like trying to figure out what it's a sign of. Yeah. Yeah. And what's just like there to add to the weirdness that you're feeling and what's actually like important plot wise. Yeah. True. But I think that's the big issue of the show. Like, we don't have enough information to even care at all. Right. So hopefully. Hopefully we get more. I think if they gave us a little more exposition from the Adams family or from snake face hoodie guy, yeah. that would help a lot. So maybe next episode. Yeah. yeah. True. Anything else for gossip section? Not really. I mean, I don't think there's a lot to gossip about. No, there is. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to move on into the history section where Sophia is going to tell us about Yulan Kole, which is the castle that we saw at the beginning of the episode. Yes. So I found an academic article, but it seems to be old. So please bear with me because it's a curious article. 
Oh, it's from 2008. It's not that old. Also, just to start, Yulan Kale is Turkish for Castle of the Snakes or Snake Castle. So that's pretty on the nose for our show. Okay, so uh, basically this fortress, um, the Yilan Kale, although according to this article, it's Yilan Le Kale, which I guess would mean like castle with snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's like watching over um, a main road from, from this area, which is like Silesia, which was historically, uh, I guess we could also talk about Silesia. I don't have it fresh in my mind, but it's it's like a... You know, when you hear about those old places that, like, are just, like, regions from, like, Roman and Greek times, like, Antioch and all those sorts of things. Most of them are in Turkey. <laughs> yeah, almost all of them. Um, Troy, all the good ones. Yeah. Um. So, the fortress apparently was invaded often through the, from the east and the west. Um. But what's, because of, like, where it's located? Um, but apparently there's not a lot of sources that tell us about how it worked and how it was built and etc. Um, but like basically it's thought that in the early 12th century it was linked to Antioch, um, to the like the principality of Antioch. And then it was linked to the kingdom of smaller Armenia that was founded by Leon I. It's thought that it was captured by the Mamluks in like 1337 or at some point when like the Armenian territories um, were conquered because I don't know much about this, but there was like a Frankish alliance with the like the Armenians allied with the Franks. And so basically the Turks conquered it in retaliation for this alliance. And this is according to an academic book. So I will go off of this. Um, so basically, um, because of its location, that's why they assumed that it was annexed to to the Ottoman Empire in such a way. And it was probably like a, a border between two kingdoms. So that's why it was also like very likely to be conquered. And then in like the 1360s, the border was like extended and included the whole coast along a river that runs in this in this area um and then by that time like it was like there's certainty that the armenians were no longer in control of of the fort and oh so apparently it was not the like the ottoman turks who captured it it was the mamluk turks so i will believe this scholar even though i don't know <laughs> and i wish i it's, i had more it's too early for the ottomans mm, no but didn't wasn't the first so um Osman his first conquest was like in the in the third in the early 1300s and this is 1337 I think his first conquest was like 1313 okay. let me just okay Osman Ghazi yeah he was because he he lived from 1258 to 1326 okay yeah I don't know enough about this part of the history of the Turks to be able to like tell you exactly but the truth is that there were a lot of Turkish tribes and they were I mean the Ottomans were the ones who gained control eventually and like built the empire but that doesn't mean that there weren't other tribes that were conquering territory alongside modern day Turkey anyway so (laughs) 
so the the castle itself like still has like parts of a citadel which is part of the the area that's the best preserved and it has you know ramparts and halls and residential rooms um and there's a really strong fortified structure that faces north um and there's some gates like towers um so it was like a, a pretty well built out fortress and what's most striking about it is that it has uh two horse shaped horseshoe shaped towers um and um it it has a common element of armenian architecture which is the asamoir which apparently translates to murder hole oh god I'm curious about what that is <laughs> Tell me more about the murder hole. <laughs> so apparently a murder hole is a hole in the ceiling of a gateway or passageway in a fortification through which the defenders could shoot, throw, or pour harmful substances or objects such as rocks, arrows, scalding water, hot sand, mm. quick lime, or boiling oil. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so basically there are a few elements in the castle itself that show um that it could hold a lot of, a lot of people like there's some cisterns and you know it's it, it has big spaces so definitely a lot of people could find refuge there. Um and there's a church that's like at the heart of the castle which is very common apparently for um Cilician architecture. And it has a weird feature apparently which is the sculpture of a man surrounded by two lions and it's speculated that it's a portrayal of leon the first king of small armenia um so basically what we learned is that it's located in a very strategic area so it was under attack con like very commonly uh what i also found is that it um is known as Levonkla in Armenian, and that means like Levon's fortress, because they think that the possible founder is King Leo the First, the Magnificent, and the in medieval times it was called Kovara and Vaner apparently, um, and the river that I mentioned beforehand that it's overlooking is the J the Jehan River, um, and apparently it's very close to. Uh, an Iron Age site called Sikerli Hoyuk, which is like six miles from there. And the building is locally known as the home of Shahmaran. So ah. um what else? So um so that as I mentioned there's like an Armenian chapel and the apse and the north wall are preserved. Um and that there, there's a relief with a seated king with two lions, which again is like it's thought to be this king, who's called here Levon the first, and he, he's called Leon the king of small Armenia in the in the other article that I read. Um, although there's like some challenges as to who this who this was, the castle was apparently abandoned. During the reign of the Romanids, which I had never, I had never heard of them, so apparently it was a it was a protectorate of the of the Mamluk Sultanate, so it was apparently from the Mamluks. Here we are learning more about Middle Ages in Turkey, which yeah. So I, I read the brief summary of the Cilician Empire. Um. So basically. 
as you said, there was this guy, Levon the first, um, they, there was a bunch of Armenians, um, coming West from the Byzantine empire. And they established this Armenian kingdom of Cilicia and, um, it lasted about 300 years. So it was founded during the first crusade. Let's see. Then they're, they're, they made an alliance with the Mongols um, mm-hmm. to defend Cilicia against the Mamluks, but then the Mongols converted to Islam, so that was a problem. Oh. For them. <laughs> so then, um, a lot of shit happened, including the Black Death and a lot of infighting, and then that's um, when Cilicia was basically ceded to the Mamluk Sultanate in 1375. And the Mamluk Sultanate was, at least according to this article, supported by the Ramadanid Emirate. Yeah, so apparently the Ramadanid Emirate was a, like it was, it was like, I don't know if this is the right term, it's like a a vassal state of the Mamluk Sultanate. Like they... Mm -hmm. They were under protection of the Mamluk certain, uh, Sultanate, and then they were independent, and then they became a protectorate of the Ottoman Empire, okay. and the capital was Adana. Yeah. So, basically, uh, this was a Turkish tribe that was from Transoxiana, which is like a uh, a land between two rivers um, in like modern-day Uzbekistan, which was like... I just remember this from one of my classes in college. Learned <laughs> all of this Central Asian geography that I wasn't very familiar with. So basically, the the migrants from Transoxiana settled in in like the Sultanate, like from from Antar- Antioch to Gaza. So it's like pretty um, wide, and they these were known as Turkmen. Um, and then when Oh god, there's like so many different kingdoms and things. It's it's like hard to keep track of. <laughs> oh. Um, so there was like an Ilkhanate, which I think that those were the Mongols, if I'm not wrong, and they like they were like disorganized, and so they couldn't guard Cilicia anymore because they were supporting like guarding Cilicia, and um, then the Turkmen like there were a lot of conflicts in the Armenian kingdom, so the Turkmen were like okay, it's our time to go settle Cilicia. And um, they went and asked the the sultan who was based in Cairo. So it was, yeah, it was the Mamluks because they were Egyptian from what I remember. Um, so they, he was like, okay, you can send, you can like set up a, a settlement there in Cilicia. Um, and they, uh, they created their, their settlement, which is today called Yudir. Um, and then they took over like the, the, the Mamluk army, uh, invaded in 1359 and they took over Adana and Tarsus, which were like the biggest cities and the Armenians were like depleted. Um, and that ended the three centuries of their rule, as you just mentioned. And that's when the Sultan was like, okay, you can, you can like, he told the Rahman, it's like, you can rule, um Cilicia and that's when like they started their um their settlement and they be 
the the Turkmen Emirate then began began to be known as the Ramadanids. So apparently they the Ramadanids are um like Turkmen families from from Central Asia. So this is very common. <laughs> Basically like that Middle Ages period in what is now modern day Turkey is super fascinating and there were about a million different kingdoms and sultanates and all sorts of different things so it's very interesting and I'm sure we'll return to this period in our history section um I actually drove past Yulan Kale um yeah when I was driving from Gaziantep to Adana um and I we it was like super obvious it's on a crazy high hill and it's very cool looking um but I didn't know it was open to visitors so I didn't go but uh next time next time I will because it looks really cool although I don't want to jump into a well obviously not but it does <laughs> yeah mm. but apparently what I've found is that like there's not a lot of sources about this castle itself like it doesn't seem like people know much about it and Apparently, the reason why it's called the Snake Castle is because lo- there is like a local myth that the castle ruins had a lot of snakes, which hmm. sounds unlikely. Because, um, <laughs> like, why would there be snakes there? I don't know. I mean, why wouldn't there be snakes there if Shahmaran lives there? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is Yelankale. And hopefully, we get to visit it someday. Now we are going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is What the Fuck, Sultan of Success, and Fatma's Hit List. So, What the Fucks, Ezgi wrote in. <laughs> so, here we go. Oh, uh, she did? Yeah. She says, What the Fuck, uh, Maran's Full Monty scene, which is slang for <laughs> the fact that he was nude. Without Shasu's consent and also general what the fuck about how there are somehow worse people involved in this than conspiracy than Maran's bizarre family, which, yes, we talked about. Like, Maran's family are the good guys? No, I don't believe it. It's very confusing. Also, that yeah, that scene, I mean, Shasu couldn't give consent. She should have been the one telling Maran, like, yo, I'm here. You, I'm creeping on you. But yes. Um, and then uh she said like truly i thought they were the villains but somehow they are better than the hooded snake boy (laughs) which yeah that's that's what's happening that is true yep uh what are your what the fucks Mm, i think for sure the fact that she's wearing the same outfit throughout the show yes it's such a big one for me the fact that the snake guy is chasing her and then she's chasing him and there's like no clear explanation as to why the roles switch yeah mm-hmm. um the plants uh the way that everyone's behaving towards her and she can't get a cab and like she can't she has to walk all the way home and mm-hmm. like uh, bizarre 
this dude like everyone watching that scene on their phone like really you want to see some people jumping into a well and dying yeah yeah that's want to watch on purpose well nobody noticing that Shaks was wearing the same shit that she's worn the whole time um that weird sister who's crazy who just like laughs at everything and like is super evil and she controls Maran even and then oh and then there's a scene where not like not her but the other two sisters like one is painting the other and the other's like hanging from the wall that was so weird that was really weird what was she doing up there no clue that's why I think they're like the Adams family they do weird shit that's never going to be explained yeah <laughs> like oh they're eccentric or whatever you yeah know. yeah yeah um I have uh, our new friend Jihan for stealing a student's coffee out of her hand. Like, oh, that, that was, was so weird. weird. But so it was cool. also a started coffee. Like, somebody already drank part of that yeah. coffee. Yeah. If your professor ever does that to you, call him out. That's fucking weird. That's not okay. That gross, too. Like, really? Yeah. You're gonna drink someone else's coffee? Yeah. Like, COVID already happened, friends. Like, <laughs> let's not do that. Yeah. Um, I have what the fuck to Davut's bag of dirt that he hands mud on is like way too light. Like, there's no way they just like if just floofs over. Like, dirt is really heavy. If you've ever tried to pick up a bag of dirt, that's just ridiculous. Um, I also have what the fuck to Shasu's earring. She only wears one, and it's a giant safety clip with like something dangling from it and nothing on the other side, and it's just very weird. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, and then my final what the fuck, which we kind of talked about, was like, why was that nighttime lake scene so fucking long and literally nothing happened? I don't understand. We get it. They both like the lake. Yeah, weird. 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 Okay, who is your sultan of success, Sophia? Um, crap. <laughs> I mean, I guess the, like, manic sister weirdo. Diba? That one? I don't know her name. She's, like, one of the students in the class, and then she's also one of the Adams family sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she got him to go over there and, like, chat with her? Yeah, I guess. Okay. I'll put weird sister Diva question mark. <laughs> Um, okay, and then Fatma's hit list. Oh. Everyone. Everyone. I would say the taxi drivers. Not (laughs) picking somebody up when they need a taxi is really mean. Yeah, it is mean. It is shitty. You have a point there. All right. Okay, well, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you are all enjoying the podcast, even if you may not be enjoying the show, but hopefully you are enjoying the show. And um, if you are, feel free to write in to us. Um, there's an interact feature in the Spotify app. You can write into us and tell us why we're wrong and or why I'm wrong and why the show is great. Congratulations to Weird Adam Family Sister. And watch out to all taxi drivers who refuse to pick somebody up because of who they are. And next time we'll be talking about episode three. So thank you all so much for listening and we will talk to you next time.